0: Welcome to the Propreneur Podcast, where we help practice owners become better entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dino Watt. And once again, welcome back to the Propreneur Podcast, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. And again, thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends and colleagues and helping them also learn the best practices for their business as well. As you know, we always try to bring you the top key opinion leaders, the top uh, business owners inside of not just our industry, but any industry that can help you grow your practice, and today is no exception. Many of you have probably heard about him. If you were at the Ortho Phi conferences last year, he was one of the keynote speakers, uh, the keynote speaker, and uh, that's why I first met Brian. And I'm excited to meet with him. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about a lot of similar mindset concepts that we both agree on. Brian, I'm thrilled to have you here. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it, man. How you been? Absolutely great! It's been uh, actually the probably the busiest I've been in a very long time. This last two three months. I
1: I, I feel your pain. Although it's not. I mean, I, I love staying busy like this, but it's been it's been nuts. This it's this whole crazy. COVID situation. It's been it's been crazy, and uh, you know, it, it's been fortunately good for our business. But at the same time, I don't want to go around, you know, jumping up and down about that. Yep. Uh, you know, based on whatever, whatever people are going through. But yeah, it's been it's been crazy.
0: Well, it's interesting. We got to talk a little bit beforehand, and you're a a big sports fan, obviously baseball. Uh, For those that are watching the video feed, you're seeing that the baseball's on the side of Brian, and he basically, for lack of a better term, grew up in baseball, right? So you actually (laughs) were a professional umpire and lived in that world. I am deficient of the sports gene, (laughs) to be the exact opposite of you. But I do understand, right, when the pressure's on is when you really see who's got the game. There is no doubt about it.
1: And, you know, I, I played my whole life. And I actually, growing up, uh, one of my really good friends was Ty Garner. And his dad, Phil Garner, played the majors. He was the, the manager for the Houston Astros, Milwaukee Brewers. We used to travel all over the place together and uh, grew up. And for whatever reason, when I got done playing, I, I kind of fell in love with umpiring. And, you know, you and I were talking off camera, off mic about this. But there was, thank God it happened because there was, there was never anything in my life that prepared me for. Uh, you know, thinking on your feet, uh, figuring things out on a whim uh, than, than that job. And, you know, it's funny, you don't really, I don't think fans look at the game this way. Uh, but playing, you know, if you bat 300 uh, your whole career, you know, you failed 70% of your life and, and you're going to end up in the Hall of Fame. It's a very difficult sport to 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 thrive at. As an umpire, you can get 99.9% of your calls right, and people only remember the one, you know, that tenth of a percent yeah. they miss. I mean, it's insane pressure all the time, and it's no different, you know, business. I mean, people have on and off days as an umpire. You have days where you just can't see pitches or something that looks routine on TV. For whatever reason, you just don't see it right, and no yep. different than a hitter. Uh, just, you know, you go through streaks without seeing the baseball right. So it's great to to see both sides of the equation, player and umpire, and it, it's done wonders for from an entrepreneur standpoint, it's done wonders.
0: Yeah. That pressure and uh, the quick decision-making that you have to make. Right. And like, like, yeah, I just got to make that decision right now because everybody's waiting on it. You don't have time to do the analysis and go through all the processes. It's the figure it out method. And you know, it's one of the things, you know, one of
1: the things we teach is that so many people in business, this is the problem with business school. I went to, to university of Maryland business school and not, not literally not one thing they taught throughout all those years going, actually applies to a business. You you have professors teaching it that have never owned one in their entire life. And it's the figure it out method. Too many people try to plan out everything and they take months if not years to try to plan out something that the real successful entrepreneurs just go, you know what, I'm gonna implement it tomorrow. And if you mess it up, great, because that's how you fix it. Because the people that wait two years to implement, they mess it up anyway. (laughs) So there's no perfect plan.
0: No doubt, no doubt. Well, that's something that I really want to get into today and talk about um, what you're seeing going on in not only the industry, but in business in general. Uh, okay, so one of the things I want to talk about for sure is your ideas around business and what you're seeing happening in the industry. But before we get into all of that, I believe that stories are what connect all of us. And I would love to hear your story of how you got into the position of the business and started the new patient group, uh, how you have it right now.
1: This is a this is opening up a can of worms just to let you know.
0: Nice. Um,
1: you know, it's one of these better. deals. Yeah, I went from, I mean, I have an entrepreneur background. I mean, even when I was an umpire in professional baseball I was starting different companies. And uh, I ended up as a, a CEO of a plastic surgery organization out of Los Angeles uh, for quite about, it was about six to eight years can not remember exactly how long and uh, when we sold that company. I was on Craigslist one day, and I was searching for a new lawn company. And I was on there for some other reasons. And I, I love telling this story because it, it goes into anybody can become anything you want if you put your mind to it and you strive. You put in, in the right amount of work. And uh, I come across uh, this guy Robert Stewart in Pasadena, Texas, looking for a marketer. And this was right after I started New Patient Group, but we didn't have any clients yet, and I didn't know if it was going to be in. I knew it was going to be in healthcare, but I had no dentistry or orthodontic experience whatsoever. Um, But I've taught people all over the world how to grow their business. So I have have business growth experience. And he needed a marketer. So he, he hired me. He was our first client. And we went in there. We do what we do with all businesses is the leadership and those three pillars of business success that we're known for with New Patient Group is, you know, the leadership and culture. We worked on, you know, the principles of running a great business, a great entrepreneur, things like that. Uh, We started training his team on sales, customer service, things like that. And we kind of figured out the dentistry and orthodontic industry while we were in it there and then made sure digital marketing, he was doing it differently than all of his competition. And he started growing. He had started having his best years, best months, uh, et cetera. And in comes his Invisalign rep about eight months after I was working with him. And he had just hit, and they've changed the name now, but they just hit Invisalign Premier status at the time. And he had never reached that status before, and he'd been doing Invisalign for 10 years. You know, and at the time, uh, and obviously, I know a lot more now. I'm a speaker consultant for them. But at the time, I didn't know anything. I'd seen commercials. That's where my, my knowledge ended. And his Invisalign rep comes in and to, to congratulate uh, Dr. Stewart. And thankfully, Dr. Stewart didn't take the credit. Uh, he goes, go thank the guy down the hall. And I happened to be there that day. I was the guy down the hall. You know, if he didn't even say go down the hall, I don't even know if I'm on this podcast or I don't even know if I have this company. It's just so funny how many angels are along the way on sure. your journey. Yep. And so I start talking to this rep about our model and my history of growing businesses. And, you know, I've had, and this is not to, to toot the horn, but it is to put, you know, some value on the pillars is I'm 41 as it stands today. And I've had seven multi million dollar companies in multitude of industries, and I had never had any experience in that particular industry going in. And we started, and so I was explaining to this rep, you know, how I had been successful with companies and how I, how I teach business owners to do it very differently than the competition. He totally buys into it. The next thing you know, we're in, uh, you know, Mark Koblinski's practice, orthodontist. He hits top 1% with Invisalign. And uh, it just, every practice he was referring was having their best days, months, weeks, years, and they were lowering their advertising expenses along the way. And their Invisalign numbers organically were all going nuts in all these practices without us really ever even talking about it because we didn't really have any specific knowledge as it related to, to Invisalign. Invisalign. Sure. So eventually I had to start asking myself, why are the Invisalign numbers going nuts in all these practices? And it's, it's simply because if you, if you do the right things, uh, you know, your, your treatment starts are obviously the organic winner of that. And because Invisalign has a 98, 99% brand awareness right now, and even back then, they were the most entered search term in healthcare in Google. Hmm. And actually, as it stands today, the number two most entered search term in Google is Invisalign misspelled. So people are just searching for it left and right. So if you get your digital marketing right, and you show up when you otherwise might not for that term, That's one step. And then, you know, the receptionist then has to convert the call properly. Otherwise you're wasting your digital marketing dollars. And then when they show up, you've got to do all the right things. And because just more people are looking for Invisalign than really any other clear liner treatment or any dental treatment, that was the reason why they were the organic winner. And it just happened to be that, you know, then word started spreading with other reps around the country. And, you know, here we are seven, eight years later after opening it up and, you know, little old me. I'm a speaker, speaker for Invisalign, and uh, wasn't even in dentistry eight years ago. So that that's the story. Just all organically, just kind of happened. Love it. And uh, yeah, it's I still don't understand it to this day.
0: <laughs> but, Love it. Uh, great. It's a blast. Yeah, it's it's one of the reasons why when we first connected, that I was like, oh, cool. Uh, a kindred spirit in that way of like, yeah, I have no idea how this all worked out the way it did other than the organic way of doing it. Right. I was teaching people how to improve their relationship and their marriage or their business at the same time. And then now all of a sudden here I am. So yeah, I love it. I love your journey. I love that. The real thing is, is that results are what matters, right? And people are attracted to results. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of, you know, what, you know, as well as I do in this industry and many other industries, there's, there's legacy, is why a lot of people like will gravitate towards someone because, oh, they've been around a long time. They show up to these things all the time. They're established, right? Um, but really what matters is the results. And that's what you're bringing to people. I, I
1: appreciate that. And one of the things, you know, we would never step up on stage and call out an individual consultant or anything. That's right. I, I don't think that gets you anywhere. But nope. I, I think the, the problem no different than a lot of business owners. And, it, and this, this applies to if you're a restaurant owner or a, a dentist or orthodontist that owns your own, your own business. And it's no different than the consultants is people have a hard time changing and they have a hard time staying ahead of where everything is going. And you know there are consultants that, that teach the same, whether it be phone script or TC training or, or, or new patient experience, they teach it the same way today is they did 10, 15 plus years ago. Yes. And, and I'm being literal, you know, when I say that, cause I mean, they, I, I see, I know some of them. And then I also, we have clients that show us stuff and, you know, it's the, the difference between, I think new and innovative, but constantly staying that way. Cause what, one of my personal fears, and I'm not afraid to admit it, you know, I talked to Orthofy, and Invisalign and, and other uh, Propel who just brought me board as a speaker is we don't ever want to be that consultant that becomes stale. And that happens a lot where the message is hot for a while. And we are constantly changing and updating our stuff every six months to a year, two years max. I mean, we change our phone scripts all the time. And it's because the industry and the consumer is constantly changing. Yep. And, you know, and that goes for, you know, the message for the practices out there is, you know, the COVID situation. I was talking on a podcast, I was a guest on last week, uh, the In Your Face podcast. And, you know, we had multiple clients have their best may ever. And they had their best may ever. People look at that like, how is that even possible? Uh, but the reality is, is, is they're changing, you know, the, yep. the new patient, the new patient consultation, and sometimes arguably even more powerful is, is monitoring your existing patients that are in treatment virtually. They've been doing that for a while. They're marketing it right. The receptionist knows how to talk about it. Their website's set up right. The whole package is set up in a way that draws the attention of the community. And then they know how to then convert it. So, you know, COVID comes along and because they were innovative, they were comfortable with change, which changes is hard. I mean, our brains, there's a few videos I like to play to our clients a lot. Our our brains are actually wired to protect us from change. Uh, Mm. Psychologically, we're not supposed to change because our brains protect us uh, from pain, from harm. And that makes change very difficult for for all humans. Some just are able to get by and accept it a little bit more, uh, I guess, easier for lack of a better word. Uh, But, you know, it's easy for, when I teach entrepreneurs, you know, around the world, whether it be a restaurant owner, flower shop, whatever it might be, you know, these are people that are fighting, clawing, and scratching every single day just to stay yep. alive. And when you get into healthcare, so is one of the reasons why I wanted to get in and have a company like this in healthcare is that the mentality from a business owner standpoint could not be more opposite than people that own a business outside of healthcare. Hmm. And the biggest reason I think is that most, even if they run the business in a very not so good fashion, will be politically correct, is that they still make as much or more than than what they would otherwise really want to. They're, they're, they're fat and happy. They're fine. Uh, so it's hard to go to somebody like that or harder and say, look, you got to change everything or you've got to be innovating, innovating and constantly changing. And the reality is the ones that, that can get through their head that, you know what, I'm fat and happy today, which is a mistake entrepreneurs make. If everything's going great, you're kinda, you kind of relax. Maybe you don't yep. shoot as much content or you don't, you, know, you don't sell as much. Whatever it might be, you relax. And that's what I see in this COVID situation is, and one of the reasons why we, we've grown significantly in it is that our message for the last eight years has been changed. We've been teaching the virtual consult for a decade plus. Uh, And when something like this happens, all of a sudden people go, you know what? They're right. And it's it's easier to go run out and and implement a new patient virtual consult when a COVID situation is happening. It's hard to do it whenever you're making millions and the business is growing. That's right. Uh, Right? So that's what we're facing is people now feel the pain and they're scared for their business, which is what entrepreneurs outside of healthcare wake up every day. You know, I I teach all, all over the place. You can't be... You, you can't be frightened. There's a difference between being frightened to do things and being fearful for your business. And you have to wake up every day afraid that someone's going to move across the street from you, down the street from you, and open up something that just kicks your butt. And if you have that mentality every day when you wake
0: up, uh, I, I highly believe you, you cannot be beat. I believe that uh, I totally agree with that, and I think that even if you go a step further, you should be afraid of the guy who opens up across the street from you that's willing to continually change.
1: <laughs> it, no right? doubt about. That's
0: it. that's way more dangerous. Like if you have the guy who's going to come in and be just like you, okay, you can overcome that. But the guy that's always reinventing, the guy that's looking outside of your industry, which is one of the reasons, one of the things that I focus a lot on and I know you do too is that you grab from other industries you look at hey what's happening over in the software industry what's happening in the medical field you have that background to be able to say well guys look you can't just rest on your laurels of great we're making good money I have a great you know uh, uh, income for my family this is awesome and create you have to be looking outside of your silo that's the only way to grow agree a thousand percent I just pulled up a slide Uh yeah Everyone out there, if you're watching the,
1: the YouTube feed, this is or the video feed. This is our, our podcast studio and, and video production room. And you know, the slide over there or behind me now, I use a lot in, in when I keynote in that a mistake clinicians make across the board from what I see, and there's exceptions, is that thinking that all the changes happening – whether it be in dentistry, orthodontics, and frankly, they're happening in every type of profession in healthcare. Yep, uh, is, is exclusive to them, and, and it's not these consumer changes and this competition is happening to all the people that you see on that screen that are that are out of business or going out of business, and and they have all one thing in common is that they wait until they felt the pain, and therefore it's too late, or it's going to take you a lot more money and time to correct whatever situation it is. I mean, the doctors, you, you can relate to that being with a patient they. Wait till it's too late, you know. If they wait till they feel the pain, it's too late. Yeah, and it's no different than running a business. So just like you said, I mean, the the fear is one, someone opens across from you, but even worse, someone opens across from you that runs it as a really good entrepreneur. And it, it's unfortunate. I, I think we can all agree that it's unfortunate. But the reality of the situation is, is the the better business, the better business person is beating the better clinician and the better practice and we live in that world for all kinds of reasons uh, that we teach and because of that there's never been a more important time to to innovate on the business side because if you look at it this is something back when I was in plastic surgery I, I used to look at you know and you're dealing with plastic surgeons that are literally the highest trained clinician on the planet. They, they are at the top of the food chain from a, a training standpoint, above vascular surgeons, everybody. And they would come out of school in millions of dollars of debt, go into the practice, and then trust their employees to do a skill set that they couldn't be hired by another company to do. And what I mean by that is is that really 80, 90% of everything that goes on inside the clinical environment every single day has little to nothing to do with the clinical environment at all, whether it be how you run the business as a, as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, uh, the employees every single day, uh, they're in a sales position, especially now because of how many choices people have, uh, you know, customer service, hospitality. I think with the Ritz-Carlton, you go through about 250 hours worth of training before they even allow you on the floor. Right and, and that type of, it always drives me nuts when I hear, well, we're nice and we smile. We don't need customer yeah. service training. It, it just blows my mind, that, that mindset that, that a lot of people have. But, but it's changing. I, I do see the industry uh, latching on to the leadership and culture, the training, how I do my mm-hmm. digital marketing. Uh, yeah. I, I do see people starting to change. But again, that's because of they're scared for their business for really maybe the first time ever.
0: Yeah, and, I, and that fear creates attention right and it's like oh what are these areas look i've been focusing so much on my clinical ability for all these years and i'm awesome at it but no one knows because i'm not getting the right message out there i Don't use the example it. i use the example all the time of you know we both talk culture right culture being i think the most important thing you can do in anything and the proof of that is you have companies that have bad products but still are super successful. You know, no one's going to make the argument that McDonald's is a good hamburger or <laughs> delivers a quality product, but no one can also deny their success because they've created a culture of cheap, efficient, You know, uh, not have to worry about it, like drive through. And so that's the culture you've created. That's why it's successful. So when people talk about I see all the time on chat boards. I'm sure you've seen it too on Facebook, whatever. When people say, "If you just deliver a quality product, people will come," it's like, "Yeah, nope, that's just not true." C- couldn't agree with you more. There, there may have been a time, you know,
1: if you're the only clinician in the entire community, could that sure. work? Yeah, yeah, sure, that works. But those days are, those days are gone, and they're going to be even more gone with every practice and just any business, you know, we have a we talk about this all the time, you know, Forbes talks about the average consumer sees more than 10,000 marketing messages on any given day. Yes. So we use that slide quite a bit. And every single marketing message they see is your competition. Uh, clinicians get caught up, yeah. office managers, the employees within, they get so caught up in, oh my God, Smile Direct Club, or oh my God, the person down the street. The reality is, yeah, those are your competition in varying forms, but your main competition is one, you, how you run the business, the culture, uh, two, how you train your employees, and three, are you better digital marketing-wise than, than all the other people that are staying on the consumer's mind uh, more than you? And, and that's that three pillars of business success that we do at New Patient Group, and I've taught all over the world, every entrepreneur you know, type there is, is that you know if you look at famous companies, the reality is almost every single one of them are exceptional in three areas, and that's the leadership and culture how they repetitively, on an ongoing, never-ending, forever basis, train their people, which is very difficult for humans because that requires change, it requires accountability, it requires practice, and therefore most people, even though it produces a great return, they they shy away from it. The second Nancy make-believe name says, I don't want to do this anymore, or we just did this yesterday most business owners especially in healthcare say oh, okay we don't need to right as opposed to being a leader uh, which is the opposite i think a lot of times people think being a leader is uh, is maybe doing whatever the employees want you to do and, yes. it, and it could not be further further from the truth and I, and i've never seen i'm sure you're the same way i've never seen a profession like healthcare, where the employees run the show. I I mean, whether it be your company, my company, and and, and thankfully, because we, we have the culture to where this wouldn't even have to happen. But if, you know, one of my employees came to me and said, you know what, I don't want to shoot digital marketing content that you want us. My response is, well, the door's right over there. You know, you can leave if you'd like, <laughs> you know, it, it, and, but that doesn't happen in healthcare. It's happening a little bit more and it's not about firing people, everybody out there. It's not about, you know, running it like a dictator. It's got nothing to do with it. But the reality is if you have employee problems, it's your fault. If if Susie doesn't want to shoot the digital marketing content you know, for whatever reason or the, your receptionist or TC doesn't implement the training you've invested in when you're not looking, the mistake business owners make is go, well, that's a problem with the employees. And it's not. It's a problem with the culture you have. And to fix the culture, you'll always have to spend more on advertising because if they won't implement the training and they won't do digital marketing the way it's necessary, well, you have to to spend more and more money to drive more and more opportunities that you otherwise shouldn't have to. And that's why these three pillars drive down your your advertising costs, in many cases, eliminating them. While you, while you defeat the people that are spending a lot more than you is because, you know, if you get the leadership and culture right, uh, then, then when you go invest in training, then you have the business set up to where your employees will have the fundamentals to actually implement it, That's which means right. you plug the leaky holes. And as yep. you're plugging the leaky holes, you do digital marketing right, and you increase your phone calls And then those are converted on the phones more and it's just this evolving door to the point where you don't have to spend money on advertising anymore. Is it hard work? Yeah, it's very hard work. And it's why internal marketing produces by far and away the the biggest return on investment, but it's also the least invested in by business owners because it's easy to spend money on a postcard. Uh, It's hard to look yourself in the mirror or your employees in the mirror and say, Look, you're going to work. You're going to role play. I'm going to hold you accountable. You're not going to work here anymore if you don't implement it. Those are hard things uh, that are now a requirement in healthcare, unlike
0: ever before,
1: because the better business is defeating the better clinician.
0: It's a lot easier to hire someone and just say, Hey, take care of this for me. Hey, uh, you know, get me more patients walking in my door. And I've talked about for years, you could have the greatest marketing efforts in the world. But if you don't have the systems in place to back it up, then who cares? You can get 100 more patients walking through your door. But if you still have terrible systems when it comes to the way their patient flow is going to happen, a great sales system, what does it matter? You just got 100 more problems walking in that door,
1: 100 more missed
0: opportunities.
1: I I couldn't agree more. And, you know, a lot of people... Uh, you know, the, the, there's KPIs, which are numbers every way, the key performance indicators. If, if we walked into your business, any business, restaurant, uh, dental practice, orthodontist, whatever. And we said, you know, what's your revenue last month? How many new clients did you get? Questions like that, people know. Yep. And if you go in there though, and you look at the EPIs, the Employee Performance Indicators, we call it. There, there's a book, so everyone's a good book recommendation for you. The Four Disciplines of Execution. It's if a great you, book. Speak, you know, you, you've seen me talk about it. I'm a little obsessed with it. <laughs> uh, and they call them lag or lead versus lag measures. Right. And imagine, imagine losing weight or trying to lose weight. And this is why most people fail at it, I believe, is that they're looking at the wrong thing. So. When you're losing weight, uh, most people look at the scale, which would be the equivalent of a key performance indicator in your office is that you can't control it. You can't control production, collections, new patients, Invisalign starts. You can't control those things. What you can control when you're trying to lose weight is the amount of calories you intake every day and manually tracking those. And if that's your focus, you can control that because you can improve it through training and accountability. So as you reduce your calories – uh, your organic lag measure or employee performance indicator will will come up. Now, the challenge is is that if somebody else tries to lose weight, it may take them a year. If I do it, it may take me three because you can't control all the other things that go into the scale. That's right.
0: Role, right? Factors.
1: And, r- exactly. And that's the numbers that it's the EPIs is what you don't know in your practice. So talking about the amount of advertising people spend, even if you believe you're getting a return from it, The problem is, is I I use the Invisalign. So when I speak all over the place, I I use this example almost every time I speak about creating pain, like COVID is an example. COVID has created the pain. So therefore people are out searching for help, even ones that probably otherwise never would, they're out searching for help. Well, the Invisalign lab bill, for for most of you out there that do Invisalign, you're familiar with it. You know, you do a case and then the the lab bill, 1500 bucks, or if you're, you know, a little bit higher, a little bit lower, whatever your number is, is physically taken out of your bank account. So it creates the pain uh, for the business owner. So they're always looking for ways to be more profitable with it. How do you overcome it, especially if you first started doing it with cash flow, things like that. So that pain is created. But what never happens for business owners, because they don't know the data, is that make-believe, you know, named Timmy, when he answers the phone and drops six new patients this month, And if you charge five grand a case, he basically just costs you 30 grand. If that 30 grand was actually taken out of your bank account every single month, well, you would be searching for employee training all day long. The the problem is, is the business owner doesn't know that happened. And that's just one receptionist. Usually, each receptionist in healthcare are losing three, four, five a month plus. And that's just one spot in your office. So, as this journey from phone call to financial presentation happens, each touch point, there should be an indicator that yes, is manually tracked. Uh, We have something, it's it's our MPG University platform that actually has a scoreboard in it where you track stuff and you manually enter it daily and then it populates it automatically. And and the point of me telling this whole story just goes back to the leaky hole in the advertising that that we were talking about is, uh, you know, if you look at each touch point throughout the journey, Phone call to financial presentation, everywhere in between. Every practice listening and every practice out there is losing a hundred plus thousand dollars a year minimum, usually more than five hundred, uh, throughout that journey. Uh, but the problem is they don't know it because they don't track it, and it, it leads to non pain. I call it so. Therefore, people don't go out and get the proper help. And the other thing, if you track the numbers properly, it then educates you because the, the the biggest, I, I think, the number one thing, Dino, you know, that I see in healthcare. Uh, that I don't know how to change it other than that we do our best to, you know, create a company that's value and grow is that people do not base their decisions on numbers. They, they base it off of I feel and yes, there is I mean, that is a dangerous situation CEO to CEO to, to be in and that I feel like I need help with my phones. Uh, meanwhile, it's your TC that needs help, but you don't have the right numbers to tell you what decision to make. Uh, and there's obviously a lot more examples than that as well. But, you know, all this goes in, man, to, to feeling the pain or creating the pain for yourself. Because those numbers, if you do track them, they create the pain for you. And in many cases, it will create a lot of pain when you see how much money is lost. And therefore, you can go out and fix it. And you go out and fix it without doing any advertising. You fix it internally, sometimes digitally, or a combination of both, and, and you grow, and it's not rocket science, but it's
0: just a, a very different way of thinking than how most business owners do it. So let's talk about, um, obviously, there's these, these challenges that we see with the flow of the process, the marketing and all that. But let's go into the psychology of this for just a moment, because you've talked to a lot of uh, business owners. So I've talked to a lot of business owners. What do you feel is that you found is the biggest why? these guys will not and guys and gals i don't want to discriminate against that just any business owner why they feel like it is either too much work it's not their personality it's not worth it they'd rather put their nose to the grindstone and keep doing the same thing they're doing every single day instead of recognizing something like this the pain of what's happening in their business and avoid it what's the biggest cause of that i think number one is that our brains literally and there's great videos you know wish
1: we could go into all of them right now obviously we can't but our brain is psychologically wired to protect us from change and to protect us from anything it perceives as harmful and there's all right. kinds of psychology terms that wrap around that that you know we don't need to dive into uh, but it affects other people it affects people at different varying states and I think between that Dino and then the other piece is, is there are still even even with as competitive as it is today the changing consumer uh, covid this new economy we live in the virtual console there are still people that that run the business in a very poor fashion don't train their employees at all and have really no 2020 plus digital marketing presence that are still making millions yeah. and and their time is coming and they're going to get hit hard uh, but it's hard to convince It'd be like it'd be like you coming in to consult with with me in one of my companies, and I'm making you know let, let's say I'm making millions, everything is going great, and you sit there and you go, look, we need to change everything, or we need to look at every single thing, right. And reinnovate, right? Right. Uh, now I, because I'm just the type, I'm gonna go. All right, I, I want to check it out. Tell me more. You know, let's do it. Unfortunately, most on, and this isn't just clinicians. No. It's just it's any entrepreneur, but it, it, the the more you make as an entrepreneur, I have found the less willing you are uh, to change. Sure. Oftentimes you would think it'd be the opposite, but uh, it, it, a lot of times is, is the case. And I think that those two things between our brains being wired to protect us. And then, you know, Dr. Joe made $2 million last year, even though he, he should have made eight, you know, he, he made two, he's extremely happy with it and doesn't want to go through. Cause again, everyone listening if you see me speak, this is not easy. Easy is paying somebody to do a postcard for you and then you hope to God your receptionist converts it and you close them when they come in. That's easy. It, it, now, you're never going to eliminate your advertising costs that way and you're never going to have a full transformation of chains to where you grow automatically 10 plus percent for the rest of your life doing it that way, but it's easy. It's hard to work on your business owner skills. It's hard to have the tough conversation you know, with Debbie, make-believe name, uh, you know, about how she needs to improve. It's hard to block time every single week, which, by the way, is one of the the single biggest reasons I believe our clients did very well during COVID is that, you know, we teach this and it's the ultimate sales machine. Great book for everybody out there. Uh, This is, I like to to teach people to read books that back kind of what we teach because a lot of what we teach happens to not be the norm. Um, And it's hard. So, I'm about to say a lot of people, you have to get it through your head. Again, not a clinician, you're a business owner. And this notion that the more patients you pack onto the schedule, the more money you're going to make is a farce. It's not true. You have to block time every single week. And we call it an operational success meeting, where at least a minimum of an hour. Um, I see our most successful clients blocking three hours a week where you role-play stuff, you shoot social media content, you, you video uh, your assistant setting up a treatment, and now you have an automated plug-and-play clinical training system because you've taken the time to do it. You, you come back from an event, and you have time to actually discuss and implement things, and every week you improve. And yep. it's kind of that 20-minute-a-day that versus 9-hours-a-day workout theory is that working out for 9 hours a day for 2 weeks does you nothing. Uh, working out 20 minutes a day for life uh, you're going to be in shape the rest of your life. Yeah, And that's really what our clients, really what the new patient group program is, is little improvements every day. At the end of every week, you've gone from A to B, and that's, that's the, what you're going to do for the rest of your career. And then if you're tracking the right data, your production may not come up in a couple months, but if you've got your eyes on the EPIs, those are going to come up and you know you're headed in the right direction. Um, but that's why during COVID they've had time to practice this stuff for years. So when COVID happens, they're already doing the virtual console. They can convert it. They've had time to do this stuff, but it's such a challenge to get people to block that time when things are going well. Right. So all of those things, you know, I think is, you know, probably a longer answer to something I could have answered in a shorter fashion, but the reason why people struggle with, with change to, to your question.
0: Well, it's the reason. It's like that manipulation mindset of success, right? Like we all—you having a great marriage? Why do I need to really focus on going on dates with my wife every week? We're great. We're we're doing awesome. Why do I need to focus on spending time with my kids? If you know kids are happy, I'm happy. Why are we we all get into that manipulation mindset of success, right? No like, doubt about it.
1: And it and it's I mean even with my own employees who you know they are they they live and breathe uh, this company and then my my other company Right Chat. Uh, which we can talk about it if you'd like yeah. but but the, the the main thing is is you know they wake up every day they live breathe our clients and our and our company but even then you know we've got things that are going really well and i'm already in there at our friday our our, our weekly meetings every friday morning and i'm in there every friday morning throwing change at them like hey i've been thinking about this all week i want to tweak this for for our social media program or this for our you know or whatever i mean you you name it and i get pushback and that again goes back to why it's hard you know why it's hard work is that most leaders go okay you know i'm sorry we'll stick Fine. with this for a while. yeah don't want to piss you off yep it, exactly and it's just the opposite with us like i cuz you know i, I always say the, the best business owners you have to look at your your employees uh, as your kids now obviously i'm not being all literal when i say that you know that right. sounds demeaning right uh, but the, the point is, is the same thing that makes you a great parent is literally the same thing that makes you a great boss. You, you don't let your kid tell you what to do, or you don't let your kid get away with jumping on the countertops or, you know, whatever it might be. You hold them accountable at the highest levels because it allows them to grow in their quote unquote career, you know, through their life and come out and be very productive citizens when they come out of school. And it's no different as a business owner. You, it's your job, especially in this new economy, it is your job to constantly push your employees to get better, whether they like it or not. And honestly, if they don't respect you more for that, you have the wrong people. And that, that's yes. a great way uh, for those of you who go, well, is it me? Is it the employees or whatever? Well, if you push them to get better and you bonus them based on them getting better, I always like with, with my company, what we teach is, you know, bonus. Off, Oh, we hit $100,000 in production this month. Everybody gets X. That, that stuff is a farce. You know, you assign them like the ultimate sales machine book, like I talked about. Yes. You assign that and have your team read it. And then during your blocked weekly meeting, you, you go around to each person and you ask them random questions to make sure they prove to you they actually did read it. And that's how you bonus your people. It, it, it's an ongoing change. There's nothing, you know, written down about the bonus. It's a week to week. Did you improve? Okay and if that's how you're focused your organic growth numbers with production and collections they go absolutely nuts the less you focus on them and it's amazing how it doesn't mean you don't focus on them you do but the whole hey everybody we need five more new patients this month or hey everybody we're, we're lacking on production this month we need more starts that that's how most clinicians even office managers speak and it doesn't motivate it doesn't motivate anybody Right and, and, you know and, and I think all this all this wraps up into this this inevitable growth bubble uh, with these three pillars Dino that uh, i 'm so passionate about them because i 've seen what they 've done for my companies throughout my throughout my life, and I see what they do for our clients it 's just the, the biggest challenge is convincing people you don 't need to advertise, you need to improve yourself, your team, and your digital marketing and it 's literally all
0: you need so totally agree it 's one of the one of the reasons why when you uh, when you were speaking and I heard you for the first time when we have had our side conversations, it just is, is congruent and it's a matter of really, I believe it's helping elevate people and then therefore the result is always going to be more business. But you're not just helping elevate the people you're trying to serve, you're elevating the people that you work with. And I I agree with you when we come to the right people on the bus in the sense of, you know, I think it's the highest act of love. When you realize this person is not a fit for my company, I need to let them go. Yep, It's actually the exact opposite. And it's breaking your own integrity when you're keeping somebody on board who is not a right fit. Agreed. And Perfect. so to be able to share, that's a huge leadership. And it's it's a, it's a powerful leadership responsibility is to be able to to really recognize that and go oh okay because it's the people look we know this is true and what you're saying about how it's not really about your advertising dollars because as you've seen as i have in this industry for years the marketing quote-unquote marketing has really been about networking how much can i bribe the local dentist to send me more more patients and like i said how many more postcards can i send out and Okay, that's the way that they set it up, but that's not going to give you the highest invest- use of your time, the biggest rate of return on your right. investment. If you invest in the people, you invest in the training, it's interesting you're talking about the receptionist and the front desk person as I, I call them the director of first impressions. And I always find it fascinating that that is looked at as an entry level job. This is the first person that's going to be connecting with the potential patient. You talk about losing five people and you know, it's way more than that. That's, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars going out the door because you have somebody who is in a quote entry level job that, Hey, if they sound nice and they could pick up the phone and take a note, then they're good. Dude, this should be the person who is highly skilled, highly trained, highly ready to convert that sale, to make person see it's a no brainer to buy from you as soon as they come in.
1: I I agree a thousand percent. I mean, out of everything we do, bar none, the phones are my biggest passion, Mm-hmm. Uh, they they are for a lot of reasons, uh, but again that pain point. You know, I tell a story all the time about a postcard I used to receive from this doctor, and uh, I'm not going to go into the story right now. But it ended up being I, I called the practice; it was a disaster. Uh, but the story that that really sticks with me more than anything now is is that you know when we li- we lived in this house about two years now, and about a few months in we needed a plumber, and it took us calling five different plumbing companies. <laughs> To, to finally get one. The first three didn't answer. The fourth one, the lady was a, a total, you, you fill in the blank. Yeah. And the fifth one wasn't even that good. But the reality is, is how many are you going to call, right? You need a plumber. So the thing is, is that the first three, the business owner doesn't even know they lost that business. No clue. Right. The fourth yep. one doesn't even know how the phones are being answered. And from what I've seen, a lot of business owners don't think it's them, right? Oh, we answer the phones or, right. you, know, oh, you know, Betty's the fantastic on the phones. They're also the same ones that provide no training. So the the biggest issue I see, especially since you just talked about it, you know, you're putting an entry-level position into literally what has now become the most important position in the office. And it's because when, when your receptionist answers, you are now the third place they've called or you're the first, luckily... And they're gonna go check out two or three more just to see if they like the receptionist better. So they are in direct competition with every other receptionist at that point in the patient journey or the consumer journey because they're not even a patient yet. Um, And people in nickel and diamond all the time. And a big reason for that is people don't know everything that goes into being a great receptionist in a competitive marketplace. Like our our on-demand phone training course is eight and a half hours of video. Eight and a half hours, and it's about to go to 12 because we're adding brand new things to it as we speak in, in this video production room. So 12 hours of, of video content in order to get somebody, and that, that by the way, isn't intended to replace the need to practice. Like our on-demand courses, our MPG University platform that has all of our courses, they're there so you don't have to repeat yourself anymore. And, but yes. it doesn't replace, and that's the problem with on-demand training. I see it all the time is that we ask the question, people call us. They're like, I'm interested in coaching and things like that. And we have various options. You know, we have an assigned coach that, that physically shows up to the practice. We can do it virtually a combination of both. Or and we tell people like our, our MPG university platform, it's very popular, but it's like you get a gym membership, right? Uh, you go to the gym and you have every single thing you need to be very fit and very successful from a, you know, uh, looking good standpoint at that point, it becomes up to you whether or not you use it right. and, and work your butt off, et cetera. So we asked the question, look, if you're the type that doesn't need a personal trainer, you hold yourself accountable. you watch the videos, you role play with your team weekly, hold them accountable. Then the platform's all you need because we constantly, when we update it, we, we virtually upload the new courses or constantly right. put new things in there. Right. But if you feel like it's going to sit on the shelf and you're not going to use the gym equipment, you need one of our coaches. It, it just goes back, Dino, to, to the training. And that, that's why I, I actually had doctors beg us for years to create a receptionist for them. And that's why uh, we launched right Chat because I, I view, so the, the future of the practice, and people think this is a little crazy, but this is where it's going, is you outsource everything that can be outsourced to people that are going to do it better than you anyway. Um, and it starts on the phones with, with right chat. We actually have a team that's assigned to the business. They answer it as if they're sitting inside the business and they replace the need for you to even have a phone in your office. Uh, they access your practice management software and my employees are trained by me. So you have a team employed by me, trained by me to answer your phones for you. And that way, more of your calls are answered, more are converted, and the experience that's provided and the words they use set that patient up to come in and buy from you day one uh, or be committed to your business uh, from day one before they ever even arrive. Now, the other piece, uh, because I view the, this as the, the way of the future, is that I don't even think there's gonna be a front desk in the future, meaning yeah. n- not only no phones, I don't even think a desk will, will exist uh, I think assistants will start monitoring a lot of treatment virtually from their house because more and more patients, especially the more and more you do Invisalign, things like that, the more and more you can monitor people virtually. Uh, most of their appointments, they don't even need to come in. Uh, so you've got 1099 assistants instead of W2 that work in the practice all the time. And then things like like OrthoFi, who I speak for, that I think does a wonderful job. Our clients that have them love them. Uh, you know, you outsource collections and billing and things like that to them. And all of a sudden you end up uh, in a practice that does 2 million a year. Uh, you have basically three employees and you outsource everything else. And I see clients of ours do it this way now. that use OrthoFi, they use RightChat, and they use our whole program. Uh, they're, they're exploding, uh, but they don't have any employees. They have very few employees and a very low overhead from a W-2 standpoint. And, and that's one of the reasons that we created RightChat is we see the issues. Training someone else's employees to be great because it's a sales position now, right? Yes, it is. It, it literally is a sales position. So it's, again, you're, you're training or you're trusting people in a sales position that could not get hired on any other company's sales team outside right. of your practice. And yep. it, it's this disconnect. And, and yeah, I, I talk about all the time with OrthoFi, Invisalign, et cetera. Talked about it a lot in the podcast last week is that, there's this disconnect between companies out there that trust the practice to sell their stuff, whether it be, you know, a third party financing or a supply company or Invisalign or OrthoFi, whatever, is that they all try to help the small business, the practice in different ways. And, and I believe, and and I, I tell them all this is that I I think that most of it misses the mark and that the disconnect is, is that you're trusting them to sell your good, your service, whatever it is, product to people that you yourself would never in a million years hire on your own sales team. So mm-hmm. it, if you just give and commit to giving the people that work inside the practice, the sales fundamentals and the customer service fundamentals that would be required to work for your own company, if that was your goal as a company, you would double, triple, quadruple the size of your company in a couple years if that was your, your only go-to simply because you would not, not train your own people. So in essence, they're not training their own sales team uh, because these people don't have sales skills. And it's not a criticism. It's just they don't show up from the factory
0: ready That's to right. sell
1: it, you know, and it's a problem.
0: Well, and that you you magnify that problem with uh, business owners who also have no clue what they're actually looking for in that position because they don't know what it would be either. I know you've probably experienced this too. I've mentioned talked to many of doctors who not only have not had their own business before, have never been in that situation before, but have never actually worked for anyone before. Right. Right. So they don't know how to even be a great employee, let alone hire a great employee. And the frustration is that of them trying to find the right person while they're looking for the wrong person to do the right job.
1: I I agree a a thousand percent. And, you know, it's it's been a, 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 job hiring, Oh gosh, I guess dilemma maybe is a good word for it in healthcare. And I've seen it. As, yeah. it, it this is kind of this way in other professions, but it, it's rampant in healthcare where, you know, you go out and you need somebody new to present money at your office and you go and you look for someone that's had 20 years experience in dentistry or orthodontics or plastic surgery, whatever it might be. And, or you need someone to answer your phones. Well, I got to have someone that's answer the phones in dentistry. No, you don't. Nope. You know, you, you need someone that is great with people willing to learn uh, great, great with customer service sales fundamentals, you can teach them the other stuff much easier than the other way around. And it is a, a big, and that's what with RightChat, you know, the teams we hire, they're from the customer service, hospitality, and sales world. That's I, right. I purposely do not hire anybody that has orthodontic experience, dentist, dentistry, et cetera. I want to train them my way with our vision from scratch without them having any kind of uh, you know, misconstrued notion about how the industry is or how business is. But, and here's the big, you know, the B-U-T here, is that that requires training. It requires a lot of training and it requires a commitment to repetitive ongoing training, no different than an athlete. And that's where most business owners, they don't want to do that. They don't want to yep. deal with it. So therefore they don't do it that way. And it it, it hurts them and their numbers drastically, whether they whether they know it or not, because they may not track the
0: numbers that show them how much they're losing because of it. So true. So true. Okay. So we have gotten to the part of the show where we we go to our six questions, rapid fire questions. We ask everybody before we do, I want to make sure that we have covered the basis here. So the new patient group, three pillars, tell us what yeah. three pillars are.
1: Yeah. Three pillars. So, so leadership and culture. Uh, and, and that encompasses a lot more. Obviously we do, sure. you know, I, I have my docpreneur mastermind with new patient group that all of our clients are entered into, uh, they, they all, and that, that, just real quick. You know, I think a, a big, a big reason that our clients are successful and we have a 99% retention rate as it stands today, is we're a family. Uh, it is not a consultant approach. It is you're hiring a division that becomes with your business for life, and you have access to me. I meet, we meet as a group virtually every single month. We have virtual happy hours. We're all going to Napa Wine Valley next March together. Uh, we bounce ideas off each other in the chat forum. Uh, so, you know, it's not like I'm the CEO, you get to hear me on a podcast, you ever get to meet me type thing. I'm very, very involved with every single one of our clients' businesses and I'm obsessed with making sure they they succeed. Uh, you know, we work on entrepreneur coaching, just a lot of stuff on that business side of stuff is that first pillar. Uh, the other one is, is the employee training. It's giving your employees the skill sets that they have to have to convert via every step of that that consumer journey from how you shoot digital marketing content, How, when the phones ring, how you convert it and literally every touch point beyond. And then the digital marketing and the digital marketing pillar, when we start having conversations with people, it kind of gets pushed a little bit to the back burner, even though it doesn't meant, it's not meant to. But, you know, the digital marketing world right now has changed so much and that Google says YouTube's about to overtake them as the largest search engine in the world. That's why Google purchased them many years ago. Uh, Google now has your search terms on Google directly tied to how you do that video production for that same search term over on YouTube. There's so many, which basically long story short, simply put is, is if you don't have a robust YouTube station done right, in three to five years, you will be a complete dinosaur. You will not be able to be visible on Google. The simple reason is, is people watch video they don't read now. I, th- I think the, the miss out there is the fact that just young people are the ones watching YouTube and young people are, oh, we're not targeting them. Maybe you're dental practice and you're not going after someone that's 20, as an example, or 15. The reality is, though, is their parents are watching videos too. My mom's 68. She lives on YouTube, lives on Facebook. Uh, So it's not just the younger people, it's across the board. In fact, YouTube and Google just came out with a study is that more people see YouTube now uh, than anybody on cable, than any cable TV network. So if you're out there and you're doing TV commercials, and this is how you've got to know data, right? You shouldn't be doing TV commercials on TV. You should be running commercials on YouTube uh, because you're going to get a, you can target your audience better and you're going to get a better return but you have to know the data so all this digital marketing has changed as well and honestly though that's where the three pillars you know that, that that's where they they exist because if you go in you try to get a team of eight as an example to start putting themselves on video bringing their personal life into the business life like if they love to cook well you need cooking videos now it, it, it the whole world has changed because millennials gen z and others want to learn about you And know like and trust you before they pick up the phone and call yeah and and, you know and that means it goes well beyond are you the best clinician are you the best assistant are you nice it goes well beyond that but in order for them to do that you've got to have the right culture you know and and then in order for your training to work you've got to have the right culture without one of those you know the ladder breaks and and that's why
0: having them entwined are, are so powerful So true. So true. Awesome. Love it. Brian, we could talk about this stuff all day long because we're just so in the same headspace of it. It just, uh, I love meeting like-minded people. I love people who are in this industry who are really trying to improve it through helping people see more of the light, if you will, right. To see like, Hey, this is, it might be hard to hear sometimes, but it's coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of really wanting you to, to succeed And my dog in the fight is your success. That's my dog. And so that's where we're looking at it. Well, we've come to the place in the show where we go through our six rapid fire questions. These are where people here just get a kind of a little peek into your brain um, and to see what you think about this. So are you ready to play? Let's do it. All right. So off top of your head, what's the most expensive thing that private practice owners are missing in their practice?
1: Lost opportunities, no doubt
0: about it. Not having visibility of the right numbers, uh, without a doubt, that's it. So true. Love it. And it's, it's not that difficult, not that it's not challenging, of a tweak to make if you're willing to make it. That's yep. what I love. And I love, that you're, I love your explanation around that. All right. So uh, how can people get a hold of you? I want to make sure we know that. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you?
1: Sure. So our website is newpatientgroup.com. Uh, you can go there in the lower right-hand corner our live chat. My director of marketing, Haley Shaw, uh, we'll handle any questions you have. Set up a time to speak with uh, my chief operational officer, Eric Field, or myself, uh, depending on schedules, and uh, we're very much involved with the sales process, so am happy to to talk to everybody out there. I'm um, even willing to give my cell phone number out right now to everybody, uh, 832-331-6091. If I get any text messages uh, off of this podcast, we'll send you a couple of free goodies, uh, some scripting, some some tips to grow your practice that we'll send you. On our unlisted uh, private YouTube station, so I'll send that out. Uh, so those are probably two best ways. If you're interested in my company, Write Chat, it's just Write my last name. So with a W, WriteChat dot to learn more about that. And
0: that that probably sums it up. Great, perfect. All right, what is a book? And you love books, and I do too. I love giving books out to people. Uh, what is a book that you believe every private practice owner should read?
1: Well, the two we discussed on on this podcast today, the the four disciplines of execution and. Uh, the ultimate sales machine. Uh, definitely two, and I'm going to give you a third. Let's see here, we bend down and grab it. Everyone can ah. see it. There, <laughs> th- there we go. And, th- and this guy, this guy's book right here. Uh, that's very kind a big winner. So that, that's
0: the third. That's very kind of you. That wasn't a paid promotion. Thank you. <laughs> no, <good.
1: laughs> it was not. That, that that's from the heart.
0: Well, the next actual question comes from that book that I do talk a lot about team culture, team performance as the foundation for your business growth. We both are very much like-minded in that space, but what do you see as the biggest challenge that private practice owners are facing when it comes to their teams and their office culture?
1: The biggest challenge is how the business owner runs the business. I believe you're, you're stuck in, and I see it every day, some are, some are more than others, industries within, within healthcare um, is the reluctancy to change uh, and the business owner sometimes has that reluctancy as well but I also see if the business owner is reluctant to change or I'm sorry, if they're willing to change, the team might not and then they don't know how to get them on board. Uh, so I, I think the, the culture of change is,
0: is the answer to that question. Love it. Uh, what's the best advice that you've ever received in life or business? Wow, that's a, oof. let's I see here. I, uh, I, I think that this, this
1: one I'll go with and I stick with it today. If, if you didn't earn it, don't tell other people what to do with it. And uh, I, I, I teach that in a lot of different ways, whether that be the money you've earned or the hard work you've earned, whatever it might be, that, that statement can be used in so many multitude of ways. I was taught that really early on with a consultant that I talked to or uh, hired
0: with one of my first companies. And I, I remember that to this day. So true. That's really, really important. All right. Lastly, what's the best resource or tool that every private practice owner should be using to grow their practice? You know, I, I don't want for,
1: so these three pillars, whether it be with us or somebody else, and I, I always, you've seen me speak, I, I, I go overboard in letting people know we're here to help. Uh, so this is not to sell, you know, new patient group or, or me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the three pillars, you, you've got to find a resource that covers all of them. Uh, yeah. you know, it doesn't mean that you have to get all of them at once, but the reality is, is your, your story, you've got to have a clarified message from the time you attract people to the time they call and every other touch point without. So if you use 30 companies, uh, your, your message breaks. Yes. Uh, so you have to get help to make sure your message is clarified in all three of those pillars. And just, uh, just from what I've seen is. You know, the virtual world, you know, we're all living in it. It's heading more and more there. And it's why MPG University exists is that, you know, the come and go consultant doesn't quite accomplish what humans need in that consistency, repetition, and accountability. So our on-demand training platform, uh, people can buy our content, keep it for life. They don't have to keep paying every month. And that is our way of becoming a part of you uh, forever. And and having you have videos to watch over and over and over again. And I think that is a resource in this virtual world that uh, I see helping people a lot. And that I think people should look into.
0: Yeah, I, I love that point about the come and go consultant and no disrespect to anybody out there. But I think one of the challenges that ends up happening is you end up creating a crutch. And I use the visualization of a crutch all the time of the problem is I don't want to become a crutch to any of my clients because if I am... Then when I leave, they fall, and agreed. that's not doing my my fiduciary responsibility. So
1: agreed. And it's the opposite. What makes an athlete and a sports organization great is the exact same things that make a business great: great culture, yes. great coaching of the people. You know, and obviously digital marketing is a little bit different, uh, but you get you get the analogy. So yep. the the repetition that you have as an athlete has to be the repetition you have with your employees. Uh, Otherwise, they will not learn it to begin with. But then as humans, we all resort back to how we used to do things. And that is, I think, even more than training people to begin with. It's the ongoing training that people lack uh, significantly because it's difficult. Uh, But if you train Betty on how to present money a certain way, it's guaranteed she goes back to how she does it today if you don't consistently keep practicing with her, no matter how much she may like it or not or how much you may like it or not. It is guaranteed she resorts back to having the loop in her swing that she fixed two weeks prior. Uh, and, And that's the biggest hurdle that people have to get over is it's not training your people. It's repetitively training your people is
0: that second pillar. 100%. Love it. Well, everybody, I know that you've been filled with a lot of great information and best practices that you can you can implement into your business as well today, no matter what your industry is. You know, we do have listeners here from the ortho industry, dental industry, chiropractic industry. It doesn't matter what your industry is. Everything that Brian said, it fills in the blanks that you need to be successful inside of your business. So Brian, thank you for being here today and sharing this information with us.
1: I appreciate you having me on it's my pleasure and you know this exposure we're getting is uh, I, we just want to help uh, we get more pleasure out of helping other people and seeing them succeed than, than I do out of seeing my own company or companies succeed uh, we, we just want to help and it's an
0: industry that needs it in, in this time and beyond so I appreciate you having me totally agree I totally agree thank you so much Everybody, remember, again, if you got what you wanted out of this episode, make sure to share it with your friends and colleagues. Let them know that there is a place that they can find the best practices and uh, reach out to Brian. All of the information, the books that he mentioned, the way to connect with him, it'll all be in the show notes as well. So please check those out. And everybody, thank you again for watching and listening to the show. As always, our goal here is to help you be more proactive, productive and profitable in all areas of your life and business. We'll see you on the next episode, everyone. Thanks so much again for listening to the Propreneur Podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed already, please make sure you do so. Also, if you feel like you might be a good fit for our podcast as a guest or know somebody who you think would be, go ahead and email us at dino at dinowatt.com. Again, thanks for support. We'll see you on the next episode.